G'day, I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Curtis Herbert. And this is Independence, a show where we like to snap our rubber gloves on and say things like, well, I guess it's come down to this. What What the <laughs> heck is going on? I don't know what this means. I turned into the wrong SVU this week. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. We've talked a lot in the past about launching apps. And part of that, I think, is because for a first time or aspiring indie, like that's going to be a huge deal, right? Also a huge disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot you can do that can help in sort of achieving a successful launch. Yes, yeah. I just... Yeah. Mine is, spoiler alert, setting low expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the rule of thumb being in just low (laughs) expectations your way through it and you will be so happy. (laughs) Just at at whatever expectations you think is like is low. Just keep going lower. Yeah, it's an order of magnitude off. Yeah, just bring it down. Yeah, bring that down. But we've we've covered the topic multiple times. Like there's episode 59 and episode 45 and we've had guests, Aline Sims and Heidi Helen Polipas and Ish Shabazz and we've done our own episode. It's there's so many they'll be in the show notes but there's something that i like to do and something that i haven't done yet for my big old gift wrap 2.0 release that i did back in may which is to take a breather after a launch and just look back at how things went and part of the reason that i like to do that is because i like to learn from the mistakes that i've been making because i've made tons of them And it's also to help reinforce the things that did work that I might not otherwise sort of acknowledge. And in some cases, just to sort of find ways to make my life easier. Plus, it's a good chance to sort of do any administration tasks that have piled up on my desk in the time that I've been sort of avoiding them for other reasons. (laughs) And so you got to think of it like, or at least I think of it, like that kooky morgue guy from your favorite police procedural where you like he's like just loves sticking his hands in the corpse and trying to figure out how it died. So is is this the sort of thing that that you, the two of you ever do? The <laughs> the app launch biopsy not the you know sticking your hands in corpses thing. Glad we got at least an answer to where the rubber gloves came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said biopsy but I think you meant autopsy. Autopsy. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's true. The launch was dead on arrival, so it's an yes. autopsy. Yeah. It's an autopsy. <laughs> what about an this... MRI? That can be done on living things. <laughs> well, a biopsy can be done on living things. So I think that's where I was going with my brain. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I assume we're talking formally here, right? Like as a part of your process, not necessarily a quick look over the shoulder and then running and screaming as fast as you can to the next release, right? I would like to think that you have a formal process of some kind. Oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) Okay, sure. Formal process. No, I mean, so I, when something goes wrong about a release, I'll, I'll generally try and figure out like, okay, what was the root cause for whatever pain and suffering uh, that I incurred during the release. Mm. And I'll spend some time on that, I think. But generally, I guess I don't go looking for problems, might be the best way to phrase it. I'm not suggesting you look for problems. I'm suggesting that you look back at the releases and just to sort of figure out the way that they went. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I just don't. I just run screaming and occasionally drop releases behind me as I'm running. <laughs> 
awesome. I think the imagery we're we're creating this episode is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Jelly is some maniacal uh, evil scientist with rubber gloves. I am just a kid running and screaming around the playground, dropping things occasionally. Alice, what are you? Looking back, we've really only released like full apps. <laughs> I mean, it's I I don't think any of our subsequent releases or they might have been patches or really tiny patches but no major updates and so i see the releases as those two really big ones for the first series and then the second one being the uh stories app and did you do you feel like you looked back because you at least released variations of the apps like in the different languages so do you feel like that between each one you looked back at sort of how the previous one went and learned anything or did you just sort of move on and continue sort of business as usual so i used to examine like weekly or monthly all of our sales numbers (laughs) and i'm like maybe there's something i can glean from here and i i used to obsess over it for the first app at least and then i realized i don't think i've learned anything from these sales numbers i mean what i did was i just thought about different ways i could market or or look for different um different avenues to approach people I don't think I try to figure out how it went as a launch. I think I just went straight into strategy like, okay, how do I, what are different new ways to, to reach out to different people, if that makes sense. So it was less about how did it go and what can I do better? It's more like, just keep, just keep marketing, just keep, <laughs> just keep reaching out. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you are also a screaming child on the playground yes. right next to me. I like it. The outnumber jelly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, my iOS 13 slash iPad release, which used to be one release and then got kind of split in two. Thanks, Apple, for that. I haven't really spent the time yet to look back at it. Things certainly went well. Things certainly went wrong. Leading up to it, it was a lot of pressure to kind of I pressure I put on myself to have a really good iOS 13 release and finally ship the iPad app I've always wanted. So there's it was certainly a major release for me. It wasn't just like a small update. Like some of my, a lot of my updates, I'm just, you know, shipping every week, sometimes during the winter. So those all can't be major ones. So this is as close to a major update as I generally have. And it, yeah, it just kind of, it got launched and I moved on and I didn't make any time as a formal process uh, to look back. Now I do want to clarify here. I am the child running around on a playground. I, I should, I'm not saying I'm doing things right, but that's. You know, that's the approach that I just seem to take with the just keep shipping mentality that I have. Now, I might look back at certain features, like when I tried uh, pass a localization like two or three years ago, like I really tried to figure out like, okay, why didn't that ship? Oh, burnout. That's a thing. So like certain times when something goes very badly, I'll do like a root cause or something like that. But on a release itself, I don't go back looking for both the positive and the negative. I just kind of move on to the next one. But I think that that's a sort of a key thing to what I'm trying to look for is that I'm not necessarily looking back at something and going, well, that went horribly next. It's more about looking back and making sure that the things that I like, the things that went wrong, I, if possible, have ways of negating that in future releases but also looking back and looking at the things that I maybe tried new that worked out or like that went well, like trying to look at those things and seeing and trying to reinforce them 
but effectively getting rid of the stuff that is like problematic and continuing to do the stuff that is good, which I think, so it's, I, it's not about the negatives. It's about the positives and trying to make the negatives into positives for the future. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's where I'm saying, I, I feel like at least personally, I don't look backwards unless there's a, a negative. And that's the time yeah. when it's not so much that I'm looking backwards, looking for the negatives. It's just they stick out and they're the thorn in my side. And I want to figure out how to remove that. And generally, those will lead to positive behaviors, uh, like how I've started dealing with App Store screenshots over the past couple of years. You know, that is a process that came out of App Store screenshots being annoying. And it works for me now. And it just kind of flows. And it's not too bad. So that that does have that reinforcement I think you're talking about. But not because I sat back and I went, you know, wow, that release, what held me up? Oh, those iPad screenshots were a pain. No, it was just those iPad screenshots were a pain. So I fixed it. And, and that tends to be the, the mentality, I guess. Sure. I And I'm not suggesting that you sit down and sort of ask yourself a question and then answer that question out loud. You're suggesting we put on rubber gloves. It sounds like that's what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't necessarily do that. Like, I don't sit down and read the question out and necessarily answer the question. And like, but I will sort of make a list of things that have have broken down or have been good and try and like make sure that those things continue to be part of my my stuff in, in the future. It's no different, I think, to like creating a task list for like the like going up to a release. It's it's just yeah. sort of looking back and and making that list again at the end so that you can kind of go, well, like overall, this is how things went and how, uh, you know, and this is the stuff that I need to sort of fix going forward. And it also gives me like a, a period of time where it's okay for me to say, I'm not going to deal with like support emails or whatever for, you know, for the next day or so while I resolve these problems that have been holding me up and make some quality of life improvements um, going forward. So with that in mind, then I have sort of a list of questions that I sort of try to answer and try to kind of cover off when I'm doing these things. And it's not so much that, like I said, I ask the question and then go and then sort of give myself an essay on like, you know, on as an answer to that question, but more that uh, trying to glean out more than just the sort of like, well, that went terribly as because of the screenshots. So to sort of change things up from the way that we normally would approach an episode, let me ask the two of you and maybe answer some of the questions myself about some launches that you've dealt with or just a specific launch. So you're that voice when we're not actually asking ourselves mm-hmm. the question uh, yeah. and we're not sitting there out loud asking them, you will be sitting there out loud and asking us. Well, yes. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling <laughs> with it. Let's go. So these can be answered with a specific launch in mind if you've got one or if you've just got some sort of general feelings about launches that you've done in the past, that's also fine. What were your overall feelings about, like what have your overall feelings been about the launch or the launches that you've done like for, for gift wraps 2.0 release i have a general feeling that it went well and that's despite a lot of things as a general rule and i think i've mentioned it on a previous episode like i got a lot of comments after release that like people really liked the new ui people liked the new like the way that the app was working now it was a generally good thing and it sort of uh, reinforced my early feelings that I had sort of that I, and made me feel like I went in the right direction with stuff. 
at the same time, it was a giant like bad, like it was bad release as as far as things mm. went. So I, I sort of walked away from 2.0 feeling pretty good about it. But the fact that we're now up to 2.0.5 and like every release that has come out between those has been sort of like, oh God, I've got to get something out to fix this major, major problem mm. sort of suggests that like 2.0 was good, but it had a lot of flaws. And overall, I think I could probably have done better, but I still feel like it was kind of, it was kind of good. It was kind of good. Yeah, I feel good about it, ish. So what about the two of you? Do you have any overall feelings about your launches? I mean, with any launch, it's it's still really exciting. Like anytime you submit and like it actually goes out, huge feelings of relief that it didn't get rejected. <laughs> it's officially out on the store. When it doesn't get rejected. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always really exciting for sure. I think like if anything that we've learned from any of the launches is that we're not looking for that huge like burst of downloads, which seem to have been like, you know, that seems to be the idea of what you're looking for for any official launch is like if you put all your eggs in one basket and try to like try to be Apple, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like put up all these like PRs that go out on that certain day or make sure there's going to be a bunch of um, articles that come out right around that time so that there's this huge number of downloads and then suddenly you're on the top of some list. Like we're just, we just, I just don't care about it that anymore because <laughs> I'm looking at it as a long-term effect. Like if I put a good product out there, then that'll, you know, it's like the, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> well, and also like you can't, you can't sort of compare yourself to someone like Apple who has hundreds of engineers and designers and a marketing behind team. their releases, <laughs> a marketing team, you know, people who are just sort of coordinating all of the various channels. You, you can't like, that's hard to compare to when you just a person on your own, maybe with a Yano, like, <laughs> but that's what it feels like is the right answer, especially in the very beginning. You're like, well, that's just the only way to get out there is to make sure. a huge splash and suddenly make it on some list. Well, and yeah. it's certainly the advice of, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of other people who are developing apps, it, it's calmed down in the past couple of years. Right. But I think early on, you know, speaking like 2013 or something like that, it was still the, I guess, common knowledge that that's how you do an app launch. Mm -hmm. You know, you build the teaser page and you start to get that out early and you build all this suspense for the app. So yeah, it's. I think it was always recommended. It wasn't just like a well, you can't be Apple. Well, yeah, you're supposed to try. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for my uh, most recent one, so keeping my iOS 13 iPad hybrid two launches, but they were supposed to be one um, in mind. Um, I don't know. I guess my overall feelings were good. That's done. On to the next one. Oh God, I can't believe I'm going to quote her. Thank you. Next, as the pop <laughs> culture Ariana, whatever the heck, uh, Ariana, yeah. <laughs> Ariana Grande. Thank you. Uh, yes, I I know the cool stuff that all the kids like. I don't actually know if that's how you pronounce her name. I'm just I'm I'm straight up guessing. I don't I don't I think you're both wrong, but it, yeah, probably. Oh, it's okay. But yeah, no, uh, it it's pretty much just like okay, yeah, that's you know it's good to get that out. But yep, on to the next one. That's generally my overall feelings about the launch that just happened. Do you feel like the releases were 
was successful or do you think that do you think that they failed? I think it was a mixed bag. So I was changing some of my keywords uh, this time around. Uh, but I also went iOS 13 only, which is going to tank my downloads for a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think long term, it'll probably be a success in that regards. You know, uh, the iOS 13 update was very well received, I think. Um, but in a lot of ways, that's just table stakes. And it's more so I don't have a black eye come the middle of the season. So in that way, it was definitely successful. The release process itself, I think overall was pretty successful. There were one or two bumps along the way, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, I'd say net success. Okay. Yeah. With your overall feelings in mind, what went according to plan for the two of you? I know for Gift Wrapped, I had a lot of things that didn't go according to plan and not much that did. I had a lot of ambitions going into Gift Wrapped and I think that a few of them went according to plan. I managed to get my UI done, which was really nice and I think paid off a lot. So that went well. And I feel like some of the decisions that I made around um, introducing things like my onboarding, which I have always said that I was against onboarding, but the introduction of the onboarding stuff for the stuff that I did uh, add, I think went well. I think that made a big difference to how it was like like how some of the features were picked up, like iCloud. iCloud was picked up much more because of the way that I introduced it and defaulted it to be turned on, but allowed people to turn it off. And so I didn't get a lot of things, a lot of people that were overly confused as to why it was turned off when they, you know, when they started or vice versa. So I think that sort of stuff went pretty well. So what went according to plan for your launches? Like I was saying, when I'm looking at the launches, they're really just the two big ones, right? Yeah. And so if I'm looking at my big checklist of things that I wanted to have done, sure, they went according to plan. Like I, 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 com- I completed them. I, We didn't get rejected. <laughs> so they went according to plan in that they... They were executed. They went according to plan in yeah. that they were they were launches. Yeah, and they, see, they there you go, there you go. <laughs> they didn't unlaunch themselves the next exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't end up not launching. So yes, according to plan. Yeah, which is always a possibility. Well, yeah. yes, yes, that is totally a possibility. So for the latest slopes release, there are a lot of things that were unexpected, and I recovered from. But I think. Overall, it definitely went according to plan. You know, I got dark mode out there. I got sign in with Apple, made an effort to try and get more people using sign in with Apple than just like burying it or something like that. Actually made a part of my upgrade onboarding process. And that worked. And yeah, it worked wonderfully. A lot of people are using sign in with Apple now. A lot of people that are existing account owners already added sign in with Apple to their account. Um, So that's good. Uh, And that was definitely part of my goals. You know, I got an iPad app out there. That's great. That went according to plan. That's been in the works for a long time. And yeah, so I I guess the launch itself mostly went according to plan. But also I think some of that is because, like we talked about earlier, lower your expectations. (laughs) So, you know, you would see a lot of apps that we could think of within our community that are very well respected. And every time they get any kind of, you know, 1.x release, uh, they get a butt ton of press coverage everywhere. And I went into this launch knowing I'm going to get jacked for press coverage. 
you know, I'm coming out with an iPad app. I'm really the only snow sports iPad app now. Nobody's really paying attention to that platform. I did a great job with keyboard support, all the things that like make a great iPad app. I'm the only snow sports app that came out supporting all the iOS 13 stuff day one. They still haven't updated. And I got bumpkiss in terms of coverage. I got a little bit of Apple love, but certainly nothing major. Uh, a lot of other apps were under the list of like, you know, great apps for dark mode or great apps for iOS 13. And there wasn't much there for slopes. And that's fine. I I don't say that bitterly, uh, mostly because part of my plan was, you know what, I'm going to launch this. My customers will appreciate it. I'm going to wish I get some press, but I know that's probably not part of the plan. And just move on to the next one. Like, this is a release that I can be proud of. I like Mm -hmm. this release. I think it's setting up a lot of stuff going forward for me. And it's a nice, clean foundation to build on. But lowering my ex- my expectations of what's going to happen external to this release, I think, uh, was a big part of my plan, which is important because um, otherwise I'd be very bummed out that I put all this work all summer into these couple updates that are coming out over the next month or two uh, and the one that was just released. And I didn't get any press coverage. Uh, that would be, you know, very sad if I was planning on that. You know, I had to launch things the Apple way. I appreciate that both of you guys get press coverage or you even consider that being a result of a launch (laughs) i just assume the mine goes nowhere i don't know that i do though like i definitely got some coverage for gift rep 2.0 i sort of wish i hadn't really well just because of how things went but i Mm. like there was there were bugs and so i'm like on one hand i was dealing with like like all these bugs and getting emails and stuff like that and i'll get into that a little bit more in a minute but on the other hand, I don't know that I expected it. I, I think I like I didn't do any work to sort of get it out to uh, all that much work in order to get it out to to the press or anything like that. I just sort of I sort of I knew a few people that uh, would like probably cover it because they've covered it before. And I knew that they, they sort of knew that this was a big release for me. And so there had been sort of um, conversations that had happened in the lead up. It's not like I went out and went like, well, I, I need to, I need to get you know listed on a few uh, on you know this press site and this press site and this press site. I didn't, I did no work in that regard, and mostly because I just never got the chance to. Which sort of leads into my question, the the next question that I want to ask, which is sort of the opposite. What happened with your launches that was unexpected? Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because for 2.0, so much happened that was unexpected. You don't really need to see the graphs for this at all because uh, you just don't. But if I show you, so for instance, my uh, my reviews chart, you can see this is just for the past year, by the way. And there is a giant, giant spike for reviews that happens around May. Well, uh, it happens in May. That's literally the May dot that's really high. And I think one of the things that happened with uh, with 2.0 was that there were a bunch of bugs that weren't picked up by beta testers. And it was in beta for ages. Like I beta tested it for a good few months. But on launch, I started to have like started to see a huge, huge influx of reviews and emails and ratings, and not all of them good. And uh, in fact, quite a lot of the reviews um, were negative. And so even while I'm dealing with like getting nice, you know, press things that were like, oh, this, this release is really nice. Like (laughs) I like the new UI. It's like, it's like, oh God, like the, the bugs, the, the reviews are just not like they're, they're not, it's not good. And I think 
that's one of the things that was probably the most unexpected is that I had bugs that were not minor that I suddenly had to deal with. And in the lead into this release, I think part of my problem was that I was looking at this as like, I need to get this out the door because then I can sort of like relax a bit. And because it had gone on for so long, because the the release was something that I'd been working on for multiple years, by the time I got to May, I was just sort of like, I need to boot this out the door because if I don't boot this out the door, then I feel like I'm never going to be out from under this. And so I sort of cheated myself, I think, a little bit. I could have left it for a few more months, maybe released in the lead up to iOS 13. I don't know. But I think the major unexpected thing that for me was like that some of these uh, some of these bugs that I started to see a lot of feedback on. And when I say a lot of feedback, I don't mean like, oh, I got, you know, a, a couple of extra emails every week. I mean, I was like, my inbox went from, for every email I used to get, I was now getting like 15 and I wasn't ready for it. And it was not something that I had expected at any point. So what about the two of you? <laughs> Long ass jelly rant. <laughs> what about the two of you? Let me, let me recover. Uh, <laughs> My launches don't sound anything like yours in any, any way, shape or form. Because you don't ship bugs? N- nope. There's those. <laughs> but Ouch. no, like the expectations are just um, or the un- unexpectations are very different. So specifically, I'm talking about the launch of our second app, which went, you know, our first app was paid up front and we had done like a small experiment where we put a bunch of them for free just to see what would happen. Basically, we we thought we were trying to measure what our potential was if it was a free app. And we saw this ridiculous spike, which got us very excited. We're like, oh, look at this. If we made it free, we would be able to have so many downloads, Or what, which was one of the reasons why we decided to do freemium for the next one. And just assuming we would just get a ton of downloads and then work on conversion. So that was our expectation. It would be free. We might not make a lot of money at first, but we'll figure that conversion out later. And then when we launched, we just it just wasn't even close to what we had anticipated in terms of free downloads. So that was that's that's our experience. Not that there are no bugs, <laughs> just the disappointment in like this was supposed to be our golden ticket to at least downloads, you know, shooting up and they just didn't. So, yeah, that's our opposite experience. That one was a big letdown over and in looking over the years like we never really quite figured out our conversion either. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not great for our in-app mm. purchases. But yeah, overall, like that was the big letdown is like, oh, this is not the huge spike we thought we were going to have. So that's why I just always plan on no spikes. <laughs> a, a net negative amount of people will download my app with every release. That's that's my that's my baseline. You say that. That's so untrue. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just no, being, but- you're just being like fake humble at this point. Curtis. No, come no, on, like come seriously, on. I shot myself in the foot going iOS 13 only like my downloads yeah, went um- and they'll, they'll recover by this season. Like, that's why I did. Yeah. No, for me, what was unexpected was a lot of moving targets on Apple's side this time around. So they announced Catalina and iPad OS and all that stuff. And I thought I'd have this wonderful little uh, release or wonderful big release uh, to go out into the welcoming arms of customers on September. Uh, I pegged, uh, I think, 18th was when I figured iOS 13 would come out for both iPhone and iPad. And we all know how that went. 
So then they pulled that 13-1 surprise on us, and it became clear that iPads were being pushed back. Uh, so my iPad release had to be split out, and that was targeting September 30th. And then all of a sudden they say uh, the weekend before, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we said September 30th. Now it's September 24th. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that I had that iPad release, like already kind of ready to go. And it was just sitting there. So I submit that over the weekend and got that approved in time for the iPad OS release on the 24th. And then their App Store caching servers were just completely hosed. And I hit release for sale uh, in the morning at like 8 a.m. Thinking like, oh, it'll be out by lunch. Spoilers, it wasn't even out by the end of the night. And I had all kinds of marketing lined up for like, hey, it's Slopes' sixth birthday. Look, wonderful addition to the Slopes family, an iPad app. And uh, I just kind of had to explain to customers, like, uh, I hit the go button and normally go takes like four hours. Um, And Apple's technical support team said, well, we don't care until it's more than 24 hours. So, yeah, Apple kind of threw a lot of surprises at me that release around. They they really it was hard to make a plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what, what was, what didn't go according to plan was the fact that having a plan was very, very (laughs) difficult. The the plan didn't go according to plan. Yeah. But fortunately I was able to be nimble enough that I think I came into that situation overprepared. Like I had that iPad release ready to go for September 18th, you know, submitting on September 10th or thereabouts. And so when they said, okay, iPad OS ships at the end of the month, we're delaying that, I could just make a separate branch and uncheck the iPad box. So fortunately, I could be reasonably nimble and adapt to these things. And at the end of the day, you know, my app not being there for the first 24 hours when I'm like, oh, look, iPad launch makes me kind of glad that I wasn't getting any press because then I have a lot of people asking about that. But that's a rarity, though, in most cases. Uh, Apple's pretty predictable. Mm. I like to think I have a pretty good read on when things are going to happen and, you know, predicting iOS release dates back in June. And, like, usually I'm able to predict that stuff pretty well. And I think that helped me be ready to be nimble. But, yeah, that was that was a weird wrench this time around. So one thing with releases is that there are pressure points. And those can be simple things like getting screenshots done you know, it's a, it's a thing that you've got to do and you just keep putting it off or whatever. And you just, because you feel like it's going to be a big job, it's just like, what sort of didn't feel right during the release? Like, what do you feel like sort of hurt a bit? Added stress maybe. Yeah. Added, maybe it was yeah. stressful. One of the things that I think for gift wrapped in that, in the big 2.0 release was my ambitious feature list that I had wanted to add, which had to shrink over time. And it shrunk a lot, a lot. <laughs> I had a number of big features that I wanted to do that were related to like now that I can do this UI, you know, I can do this stuff, but also there's stuff that I now need to make sure is working. And some stuff just had to get sort of cut off. And I mean, the cutting of that doesn't feel good, but I think the bigger problem is like the realization that that stuff needs to get cut. And like you were talking about a little bit, sort of uh, a little bit with the iPad thing, like mm. you put a lot of work into like into trying to make these things work. And then sometimes you just have to go, well, that's going to have to like, you know, going to have to wait until I can come back around to it. And there was a lot of stuff with 2.0 that had that sort of thing, which meant that I felt a lot of pressure and is part of the reason why the release went as long as it did 
there were so many things to sort of uh, to deal with and I wanted to get them all in and it was sort of hard for me to say no to features that I just felt like were important. And so I think overall the biggest pressure that I had for, for gift wrapped for this release was the scope was, was mm-hmm. the scope and any, any software engineer worth their, worth their salt or any project manager, I guess, worth their salt should, would be able to tell you that like, that's, that's a sort of a thing to be careful of is, you know, is uh, having a scope that you can't, uh, you know, approach. It's too big. So what about the two of you? Did you feel any sort of uh, particular pressure points around the, those uh, releases? Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's so many lessons learned from this. Just that like, the pressure for the second release to be successful was really high because we had spent, again, scope creep um, and and time. Um, it was just we spent like two close to two years on that thinking this was going to be game changing. And then it wasn't. Well, and money creep too, right? <laughs> yeah. Money. Mm. But it was like that was like the big pressure point in that it has to be successful mm. or else <laughs> we thought maybe we would it's it's possible that we would just not continue if it wasn't successful but although I should have known better because every time we say that we just keep going <laughs> we're like oh just if it, this shipping, doesn't if we don't yeah shipping. if we don't we don't make our sales mark so maybe we should reconsider and then we just keep going so <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel the same about a lot of things related to gift wrapped. Like that pressure of like it has to do well, and if it's not doing well, it's hard to say like, okay, well, I'm going to give up on this. It's time. It's time to shoot the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so dark. <laughs> I know, but you know, the, it's time. Like you, you know, because there's the whole thing about like you got to kill your darlings, even though you love them. Sometimes there's things that you have to kill off and that can be really hard and it's one of the hardest things to do as like where as a creative because you get so attached so mm-hmm. i i feel a lot of the same things because i do feel like i add additional pressure onto myself to like okay well it's not doing quite as well as i'd hoped so maybe if i just work harder it'll get better <laughs> sounds familiar yeah yeah and i d- i definitely did the pressure thing too i mean my ios 13 ipad release was you know, I wanted to check all the boxes coming out of the keynote. I'm like, okay, dark mode, obviously. I've been working towards that for a year now because it was clear they were going to use asset catalogs for it. But I didn't expect the semantic colors and I wanted to use those because it would make my life easier going forward. And sign in with Apple, I knew I'd want to do. Um, I wanted to do the new search field tokens stuff that's there. Um, I wanted to do iPad, multi-window, keyboard support. So there was definitely, I think, a lot of pressure I put on myself that I wanted these to be kind of shining releases for what an iOS 13 app can be and what an iPad app can be. And I do want to be clear, I don't think my iPad app is a shining beacon of iPad apps. Um, Really, there are some wonderful iPad apps out there that do a much better job than Slopes. Um, But I'm at least aspiring to not be the really crappy iPhone port that just basically stretches out some UI and puts it on the screen. Like I went and put some actual damn effort into the app, not naming names. So the pressure thing was definitely one for me too. But I think the pressure that I kind of had to let go so I could get a launch out that I was feeling was related to scope, uh, but it was kind of, I think, expectations I put on myself. Uh, So there's the independent watch apps are a thing that were part of this release. 
And I felt pressure I put on myself that like, oh, well, I have to keep Apple happy. You know, the, this independent watch app stuff is a big deal to them. So I, I need to do that. You know, I'm a very good Apple Watch app and they expect me to stay good. And this will clearly be a checkmark. And I ended up a couple weeks before release just saying, I don't have time for this because it meant porting my sync engine. Uh, you know, I've worked on things to get ready for this. I knew that something like this would have to happen someday, but I would have to port my sync engine over to watchOS and port all of it over to NSURL session background tasks, which are known to not always be the friendliest to play with. And that kind of, I think, external pressure I think I put on myself for pleasing Apple in some mm-hmm. ways was definitely a pressure point leading up to the launch for me. So it, it it is very much a variation on, Jelly, what you're saying about scope and taking on too much. But I think the source of the actual pressure, like iOS 13, I got through fine. But that watchOS independent stuff, that really, that's where I think I really felt the pressure. And I had to just say, it's not probably not going to happen this season. And that needs to be okay. So those are the mostly the questions that I sort of ask of myself relating to sort of the release that I've had in the past. And so there's a final question that I sort of ask of myself that is born out of like what I've learned about my release based on the questions that I've now pondered and how I want to go forward from this. And it's a little bit of that, but it is also a little bit of like, you know, just sort of wanting to change things up. And the question is, do I want to try a different approach to anything? For gift wrapped, I feel like one of the things that failed me, as I mentioned, is the overall scope and the fact that big releases are freaking hard. They tend to weigh down on you because they feel like you've got to, you feel like you've got to do a massive big thing and get it out. It's that whole, like, I'm trying to be Apple thing and they're difficult. And meanwhile, I see Curtis over here, the jerk that he is, doing his weekly or fortnightly, like, you know, fancy releases with the crazy release numbers. And I wonder if something like that might be a thing that I need to move towards with GIF wrapped, partly so that I can avoid like putting such a big release on myself in the future and partly so that I've got an excuse to sort of not have to like now work towards a 3.0 because in theory, that's where I would have to go from now, right? It's like, okay, now I've done two. Well, no, you've got a couple point one, point two releases you're allowed well, to do yeah. before a 3.0 is expected. Right, but like overall, like now yeah. my plan is, three like is now nice. my, th- my, my thing is I've got to turn towards three. And so like how long is that going to take me? And with the changes in that have happened in my life with having a kid and have, so having less time and doing needing to like uh, needing to sort of focus more, is it something that I'm going to be able to do on my own? And is it something that the app itself can support? Because GIFRAPT is successful, I would say, but it's not like when I say that, a lot of people will think that like I'm making bank and that's not true. So I need to sort of make sure that the time that I'm spending on GIFRAPT is appropriate and to to allow me to sort of explore other avenues for other forms of income. So I guess like I'd like to try something like the the you know the f- crazy release like dated release number things. I don't even know what you would call it. It's not you, semantic versioning. It's something entirely different. You it, it's basically build numbers. Yeah. So you joke about it, but I would highly recommend it because that's one thing. I, I'm just gonna cop out on my answer here. There was nothing I would do differently about 
this release. I mean, this is, it's the major iOS milestone release. It's always a big deal. There's always a lot to do. That pressure's always there. There's not that much I could have done differently. Things went mostly as expected. I'm happy with it. Would you do the iOS 14 release? Like, is that something that you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just something like I'm on the Apple platform. Their major releases are a big deal to them. And it certainly makes them a little bit happy when you're there towing that company line. So it's just a part of my release cycle that I've accepted. You know, I'm going to come out of DubDub with a lot to do. And I just work very hard to get as much of it done as I can. But I will say, looking back before my crazy release numbers, as you so lovingly call them. (laughs) I don't know what else to call them. You know, going, going to that different approach was a nice big change for me. You know, the three of us tonight talked about stress being a key factor for the launches that we talked about here. You know, shipping as I do, just shipping every week or every fortnight, as you like to say, bi-weekly, as the rest of the world says, shipping on that pace, it doesn't negate these questions that you're asking, for sure. But what it does do is let me associate less stress with every release that's happening. Now, it does mean I need to look at each release and make sure that, you know, nothing went unexpected. Things did go according to plan because my launches are happening much, much more often. It needs to be a smooth process. So it's just as important to ask these questions of myself. And I'm just as neglectful for not asking them of myself all the time. But it does address the key factor of stress that the three of us highlighted here about our releases and about that need. Jelly, you're saying the scope creep and you had to eventually admit to yourself that you just had to punt these things. Like for me, I'll just my cop out answer to your current question is my release went fine. It was the iOS 13 release. I wish it wasn't the big release that it was, but that's what it is when you're a good platform citizen like Apple wants you to be. Yeah. Um, but you'll notice that's my only big one during the year. But for the rest of the year, there's a lot less stress and it feels really nice. Let me tell you, because if it was if, it, if iOS 13 was done how I normally ship, it would have been like, oh, ship dark mode. Done. OK, sign in with Apple. Done. Ship that. OK, that new search field stuff. Done. Ship that. It just would have been little incremental things along the way. And that, I think, leads to less massive crashes and less massive expectations and a lot less stress. So I would definitely recommend doing it. But definitely still ask yourself these questions because, like I said, you need to make sure your release process at that point is smooth and you need to make sure that what you're planning for each release, you have a handle on it and you can be nimble and move around quick because that's generally what works well for me. And I think what works well for these you know, crazy numbers as you call them, but I'm just going to say basically build numbers, Uh, you know, put the year and then dot build number for that year at the end of it. They're just build numbers. I'm looking forward to doing that someday. It's so nice. <laughs> someday. I just it have to work get for this apps, next part. It's so nice. No, I mean, that's the goal is that we get to this new, new app that is, you know, the consolidation slash like extension of our original app. And then we can stop trying to ship individual apps and just iterate on this one. Someday I'll be there. And then I'll have that conversation about build numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can start with the, with those build numbers. That's, that's the benefit <laughs> of, uh, of, of having those from the beginning is you do, you, you can just start with the yeah. that big ambitious release and then everything else from there is apparently right. smooth yeah. and chill. So easy. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. 
So these are the questions that I sort of ask myself. But don't ask yourself. I mean, if you want to ask yourself, then that's okay. You can do that. If that's what you need in order to, like, sometimes you need to be very conscious about these. Like, you have to do things consciously in order to get them into being a sort of a habit or a thing that you just do. So maybe you do need to ask yourself the questions. And I want to say that that's okay. But these are the questions that I sort of ponder on uh, after a release. And I try to look back and sort of think about how the release has gone and answer these questions and be frank and be honest with myself so that I can improve because I feel like there are always things that can be improved. It's not necessarily something that can come up in every release. It might just be something simple like I want to automate something or I want to change the way that I do my screenshots or I I want to you know make sure that I schedule in more time to do copy editing or something. I don't know. But sometimes there are things that like that you you feel, and sometimes there aren't. And it's all, I feel like it's always best to sort of look back and make sure that that's a thing that you actually you know you, you, that you actually sort of consciously consciously do, and something that you actually sort of reinforce, so that you can kind of keep improving and keep getting better at at uh, at this indie thing. Because you you can start like you start out sort of new to these things, and you you can only improve. And well, I mean, you don't, you can't only improve, but you, you would hope that you can improve from there from like, I, I would like to think that the jelly that is, is hosting this particular episode that is going for a really long time is better than overall than the jelly that, uh, that launched gift wraps back in 2014, what year is it for 2014? But I think that, uh, it's probably time to wrap up. So if you would like to send us an email and tell us about the times that your releases have been good slash bad, what your pressure points were, or if you feel like you've got any questions that I should be asking myself, you can send those uh, to our email. That is hello at independence.fm. Or you could talk to us on Twitter. That's a that's a thing that you can do. Um, you can talk to Curtis about his version numbers and you can talk to Alice about her marketing numbers and you can find me on there as Jelly Bean Soup. I'm Eat a Duck I Must. And I am Parrots, the plural of the bird. Thank you all for listening. It has been a wonderful pleasure to talk to you all again. We look forward to talking to you again in another fortnight. And until then, goodbye.